Hello fellow human life form and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Hazel and in this episode, Merry Christmas. By the time this episode will come out, it will be Christmas Day. So enjoy. Um, yes. So in this episode, we are starting our brand new series, Fanfic Fridays, where each Friday I will read a new fanfiction from a different fandom. And what's great is that you can suggest them to me. As long as I know what they are and I don't mispronounce the names, it'll be fine. You can enjoy it as well. Now, as always, I will be giving a clue as to which fanfiction, which show we're going to be reading from. Your show is this, the theme tune. Think you got it? Nah, you probably didn't. And I don't blame you. This is BBC Ghosts. Now, the thing is, oh, you can only watch this in England, but I think with a VPN, you can, like, watch it. But sometimes just don't trust them, because those can be dangerous, so make sure you know what you're doing when you get one, if you are. This is written by Blue Box Girl on Tumblr and was published on October 5th, 2020. This is called Anyone's Ghost, Part 1, a Thomas Fawn ex-reader fanfic, gender neutral. Now, because I'm so bad at reading the word your name, I decided to make my character female and her name be Olivia, totally not influenced by one of my friend's names. However, I hate intros, so do you. Let's jump into the fanfic. This fanfiction does not contain any language. Uh, has a tad bit of romance, but they don't actually... Don't worry, it's not witness rated. They don't kiss. But it's still cute and adorable. So, if you don't like that, I don't know why you wouldn't. You can leave. You have my permission. But without that, let's go! Damn your eyes, I say. Damn your head, shoulders, knees, and toes, so. You stood in the corner of the room, glass in hand, watching as members of the wedding party celebrated together. Since staying at Button Hall and discovering its ghostly residence, you had finally found some inner peace. Or so you'd thought. Unfortunately, it was moments like this when you felt out of place and the spectre of your anxiety started creeping out of the corners of your mind. You shook your head in an attempt to banish the negative thoughts before they could take hold. Instead, you tried to focus on what everyone else was doing. Maybe you could join in with someone, slip into a conversation or something. Even the ghost managed that, and they were dead. Mike and Alison were laughing with the wedding planner, celebrating the success of their latest wedding. Julian was yelling at someone for using the wrong alcohol in the mixer. You had to stifle the urge to laugh at the trouserless man, getting more and more worked up by Crescent wasting all the good booze, he yelled all over the music. Robin and Mary... Well, you weren't sure what they were doing. It looked more like disorganised failing than dancing, but it made them happy. The captain was standing talking to Pat about something, but you were too far away to hear what. Kitty was dancing with the bridesmaids, while Lady Button was sat with a group of elderly women and nodding along with their conversation. From the look of it, they were probably talking about the manners or the modern dress. Everyone looked so happy without you. It was as if you were the ghost. Something in you snapped. You put your drink down on the nearby table and decided to head to your room for the night. But a voice stopped you mid-turn. You're not leaving, are you? You couldn't help but smile at that voice as you turned around. Uh, um, I'm not very good with parties. Um, I'm a bit of a wallflower. You folded your arms across your chest nervously as you looked up at the poet. Ugh, who am I kidding? I'm a huge wallflower. Thomas smiled his most charming smile. 
Well, I think you're the prettiest wallflower I've ever seen. You couldn't help but smile at that. Flattery will get you nowhere, Miss Fawn. Although, don't stop trying, you laughed. You could tell Thomas was building up the courage to something from the way he smiled back. Dance with me, he blurted out. <laughs> I, I don't know how to dance, you said, shocked and surprised. Just follow my lead, he held out a hand. Both of you knew you could never take. You tried not to remember the time you had accidentally bumped into him, or rather through him. It wasn't long after you'd realised you could see him. He'd been green about the gills for nearly half an hour afterwards, and you'd felt bad for days. You'd always been extra careful around the ghosts after that. You shook your head as you looked at the increasingly drunken wedding guests, the voice in your head telling them how stupid you would look dancing on your own. Thomas saw the look on your face. If it helps, after tomorrow you will never have to see these people again. He paused as if trying to block out a painful memory. Take from me. Life is for living, not wasting it away, worrying about what your contemporaries think of you. You noted the hint of melancholy behind his words. Okay, but don't blame me if you're ashamed to be seen with me after this. You tried to joke. I would never be ashamed to be seen with you, Olivia. Thomas said in your ear as you walked with him to the dance floor. For a second, you could have sworn you felt his breath on your ear, but it must have been a trick of your imagination. The dead don't breathe. Thomas took his place on the dance floor and bowed to you. You struggled not to laugh at the sight of the Regency poet preparing to dance the little mix. He nodded for you to follow suit. As you did so, you cautiously glanced around and realised no one was paying any attention to you. It made you feel a bit better about making an idiot of yourself. You could only hope that Alison and the other ghosts didn't turn around and see this. Halfway through the second song, you found you had stopped caring about what anyone might think of you. This was actually a lot of fun, you realised, as you and Thomas circled each other. The smile on his face was infectious, and for the first time that evening, you actually found you were enjoying yourself. Out of the corner of your eye, you realised you weren't the only one, as Pat had somehow managed to persuade the captain and Lady Button to get up and dance with him. Thank you, Thomas. For what? For asking me to dance, you smiled. Thomas smiled back. When one has the countenance as lovely as yours, one should never look anything but joyful. You couldn't help but notice how particularly handsome Thomas looked under the strings of fairy lights and artificial candles. That was the moment you were brought back to reality. Thomas Thorne was a Regency poet who died in 1824. Emphasis on the word died, emphasis on the date. You couldn't be falling in love with a ghost. Oh, who are you kidding? You'd fallen for him long ago, ever since that night in the library during the storm. You found your movements slowing as your stomach started to churn again. One of the guests drunkenly swayed a bit too close to you as they made their way back from the bar, multiple drinks in hand, and you found yourself losing your balance and falling forwards. You cursed yourself for not paying close attention to those around you. You waited for the sensation of pain from hitting the wooden floor, but instead you found yourself being caught by Thomas. For a moment, you found yourself getting lost in those big chocolate brown eyes of his, which suddenly got bigger the moment he realised what he had just done. Your brain tried to process the fact that you hadn't fallen through him this time. You could feel the sensation of the fabric on his waistcoat as your hands rested on his shoulders. Thomas. Olivia. You felt his fingers gently squeeze your waist. It was as if he was making sure you were the one who was real. How? How is that possible? He asked. I don't know, you whispered. All of a sudden, the tempo of the music had changed so that it became slower and more romantic. The sound of your heart racing, threatened to drown out every other sound in the world. You swallowed hard as you tried to look away, anywhere but Thomas's lips. 
He values his friendship too much to destroy it in a moment of madness. He's a ghost. He is dead. A voice in the head kept repeating. Think how this looks to everyone else, you idiot. Thomas leaned in closer to you, neither of you letting go of the other. We should probably talk to the others about this. His voice suddenly becoming lower. They might have seen this kind of thing before. They might know. No! You blurted out. Thomas looked at you confused. You tried to swallow the panic that was rising in your throat as you fought about the others finding out about your feelings to the poet. As Captain West said, you must bury your feelings, you reminded yourself. I mean, maybe Robin or Humphrey. I don't want the others to get their hopes up, you lied. Especially Pad or... You trailed off Thomas's lips and his voice in your head telling you to kiss him becoming too distracting. For a moment, the two of you held each other, neither of you making a move towards the other. You realised sadly this was possibly the first time Thomas had held on to someone since his death hundreds of years ago. Were his lips getting closer to yours or were you getting closer to him? Suddenly a posh voice cut through your thoughts. Okay, it's a lot of them. Julian boomed loudly at the two of you as he gestured towards the wedding guests surrounding him. Startled, you pulled away from Thomas as fast as you could before Julian could see what was going on. The last thing you needed was the constant mopping, mocking from the former NP. Thomas looked at you, confused at the sudden distance you had put between the two of you. Life is wasted on living, Julian bemoaned as he got closer, oblivious to the fact that you and Thomas had just been having a moment. Great timing as ever, Julian, you tried to joke. Unfortunately, it fell flat. You briefly caught the flash of hurt or anger in Thomas's eyes at your words. You felt yourself becoming confused by his reaction. Was he angry at you or Julian? Thomas bunched up his fists. If you weren't already dead, Julian, I swear I would. However, the man wasn't listening, too distracted by the sudden sight of two giggling women heading towards the doorway. Oh, hello, he called out, straightening his tie and followed them out. His important rant suddenly drowned out by his last. Thomas stared daggers at the man's back as he watched him leave. The style between you and Thomas shattered and the mood between you shifted. You stood there, awkwardly, unsure of what to do or say next. Thankfully, the lights cut out, leaving only battery-operated artificial candles and the moon outside for light, giving you the perfect get-out clause. Robin! You heard a chorus of voice call out behind you. Not me! The caveman shouted back with a tone of defensive toddler. I should... I should help Alison and Mike. You nervously pointed as your stomach swelled like a washing machine on a heavy spin cycle. Thomas nodded. Of course, we wouldn't want any anarchy to break out. Now, would we? His voice suddenly grew gruff as he gestured towards the room. You realise you must have embarrassed him with your actions. For the first time since his death, he had managed to touch someone and what did you do? You nearly kissed him. You took advantage of him at a time when he needed a friend. Guilt and shame gnawed away at you and you quickly left the poet standing next to the window, his jaw clenched, no longer looking at you. You headed towards Mike and Allison. The couple were trying to reassure the guests. You tried to blink back at the tears you could feel forming in your eyes as Allison instructed you to go with Mike and find candles and torches. You were thankful she was too busy to notice you were upset. In the doorway, you turned around for one last look at Thomas, but to your sorrow, the poet was gone. You kicked yourself as you realised he was probably regretting ever asking you to dance with him. You'd gone ruined your friendship with the only person who truly mattered to you, both in life and to death. You found yourself wishing you had left the party when you had the chance. Maybe if you had, you would still have a friendship with him. 
What he didn't see was Thomas dramatically storming off to the library. Once he was alone, he sat down next to the window and held up a hand. For a moment, he simply stared at his fingers. He could still feel the warmth of your body, the kind of warmth he hadn't felt for centuries. He reached out to touch the nearby bookshelf, but his fingers went straight through the wood. Disappointed and hurt, his shoulders slumped and found himself wishing he had never asked you to dance. What was he thinking? If he had let you leave, the two of you might still be friends. He cursed himself. Of course, you would never see him as anything more than a friend. No one ever did. The end. Link for this fanfic and their Tumblr will be in the description of this episode. With that, have a good Christmas! Oh.